Well, this week I called an audible and I want to switch us to the 12th uh, chapter of John, though we'll look at the uh, verse and the story that Audrey mentioned uh, to the children as well. The setting is this, uh, Jesus has been in prayer to the Father and closes this prayer by saying, Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven and said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Now, some were standing there and heard it said that it thundered. But others said, an angel has spoken to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. For many years, I had the assumption that if God spoke to me in direct, audible voice, that it would be unmistakable. And that if God spoke to me as from a burning bush, I would clearly understand it and recognize that voice as God. But over the years, and as I reflect on the scripture here in John chapter 12, I realize that's not always so. God could speak to us directly in a clear, audible voice, but we still might not recognize that as God's voice. The setting this morning is this. Jesus has been in prayer with the Father, and suddenly the Father speaks from heaven. But the people who are standing nearby, some said, well, I think it thundered. And others said, well, an angel has spoken to Jesus, and they both miss it. Interestingly, the word for God's voice in Hebrew is the same word for thunder. So some say that John is saying maybe the people got it. By saying thunder, they recognized it as God's voice. Others say, no, that means they missed it even further. How many more hints do you need? God's voice and thunder put together should tell you this was God, and they missed it. Either way, what I've come to realize is that typically God does not speak with most of us in a clear and direct, audible voice. But often God will speak to us in less direct means. So what I want to do this morning with you is just share a couple, I think, of the means by which God often speaks to us in these more indirect ways. And lest we think, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, that it's because of our lesser level of faith, Dallas Willard argues that the more supernatural Uh, The more obvious signs of God's voice are usually reserved for those of us who are less mature and can't uh, tune our ears as well to the voice of God. So let's look at some things we might want to tune into to hear God's voice. The first one is this. I believe that God speaks in indirect ways, often through circumstances of our life. I think Rick Warren hit it right on the head years ago when he said, if we prayed to God one hour a day, that still leaves 23 hours a day for God to speak to us through the circumstances of our life. And when you look at Scripture, this often seems to happen uh, in a couple of ways. One is by the fact that God will sometimes close some doors so that we might walk through another door. Uh, we come to the book of Acts, the first chapter, and, the Holy, um, and through the Holy Spirit, they're told by Jesus, look, you're going to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. But you get to chapter 3 in Acts, and they haven't gone anywhere. They're still where they were. And so one of the things that happens is persecution comes to Jerusalem and Judea. And finally, the apostles are forced out. 
And they moved to Samaria and then the ends of the earth, which uh, we know is a technical term for Asia Minor or Turkey. So they spread because doors closed for them in Judea, so they've got to go elsewhere. And you look other places in Acts, and you can see that uh, Peter might want to go one place, and God stops him, moves him another place, closes the door. Paul gets refused in one town, moves on down the road. One of the obvious ways that God speaks is through the circumstances of just closing off opportunities and opening up others. This September, we'll be celebrating our 20th anniversary uh, on this campus on Bassey Road. But those of you who were here more than 20 years ago will remember that this was not plan A. This was not the location where we wanted to be. We wanted to be where we were. And we went through fundraising drives, efforts uh, to uh, convince the city council, all sorts of ways to stay in the location where we were up on uh, 5101 Broadway. But that door closed, and the leaders of this church then had their eyes and their hearts open to a new door that opened here on Bassey Road. And so 20 years ago, we opened these doors In September, God often works through closing some things and opening others through the circumstances of our life. Another way that God, I think, works in circumstances is uh, that God will work through what some people call coincidences. Others people call it God incidences where you'll notice a pattern of things that happen that seem to lead you to a particular place or a particular uh, direction. So, for example, in the Bible, the story of Joseph. Do you remember Joseph? He was the favorite son of uh, Jacob. He was very spoiled. The other brothers hated him. And so when they got the opportunity, they sold Joseph to some slave traders. Well, these slave traders took Joseph to Egypt. And there in Egypt, he became um, a slave and later um, uh, basically uh, the leading servant uh, in the house of a very um, important man in in Pharaoh's government called Potiphar. Uh, Then he was unjustly accused of a crime. He was tossed into prison. And there he rose to become uh, basically the top prisoner in the prison and administrated the prison for the warden. At the same time, it came to um, the attention of people that Joseph had this amazing God-given ability to interpret dreams. And so Pharaoh has this dream that he, he just can't interpret, and otherwise men around him can interpret it. So they remember this guy, this prisoner Joseph, in the prison, and they clean him up, shave him, dress him, and bring him in before Pharaoh And he interprets Pharaoh's dreams and tells Pharaoh, now look, for these seven good years that are coming and then the seven bad years, you need to be well set up and have this administrated uh, so there'll be plenty of of, um, food to share with the world. And so Pharaoh looks at him and says, well, I need somebody to do it. It may as well be you. And when you look at the the flow of Joseph's life as um, a person in slavery, he has learned Egyptian language. He's learned Egyptian culture. Um, In the master's house and then later in the prison, he's learned to administrate. And so by the time that Pharaoh makes him second in command of Egypt, everything's come together. And he's perfectly suited for the opportunity that God brings in front of him. So one of the things we sometimes can do is just look at our life and see how things are moving. And God is often speaking by those opportunities uh, that seem to come together or coalesce 
in, in something that presents itself for us. Um, a number of you ha- have been part of the more than 500 people in our church that have gone through uh, something known as Alpha, which was a basic introduction to the Christian faith that we got from England. Well, the story of how Alpha came to Alamo Heights in short version was this. Um, more than 15 years ago, I was on the phone with a colleague who said, look, I need to move our appointment. I've got to go to Austin. And I said, okay, what are you doing there? He said, I'm learning to lead an event called Alpha. Have you ever heard of it? And I said, no, I haven't. And he said, well, it's supposed to be really good. And, and so I said, well, let me know about it. And he goes. And then a few days later, we have friends visiting from England. And they said, you know, one of the interesting things that's happening in England is this movement called Alpha. You ought to look into it. And I said, I will. A couple days later, I'm on the phone with a prospective new pastor uh, who is uh, interning. He's in an exchange program in uh, England. His name is Scott Hare. So I talked with Scott about the possibilities of coming over here in San Antonio. And he said, well, you know, one thing, if I come, I'd really like to do something. I know you haven't heard of it, but it's, we do it in England, and it's called Alpha. And I said to him, I have heard it, and I guarantee you we'll do it. Because that's the third time I'd heard in less than a week. And I could see things lining up, including someone who had actually done it himself, coming together and God was putting the pieces together. So sometimes God will speak indirectly through the circumstances of our life. Now, a couple of cautions though about that. Here's, here's the first one. The most disbelieved verse in the Bible is this one. Isaiah 55, where God says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. I think sometimes we think it's an open door, but God really hasn't made it an open door for us. Sometimes we think the very things we want are the exact things that God wants for us. And so you have to be careful. A friend of mine uh, some years ago was talking about um, a man in his church, and, and a great man, and, but the man was struggling in his marriage. And he was praying to God daily to fix his marriage, but I really believe what he was praying was, change my wife. And, uh, and there didn't seem to be progress from God on that front. Well, suddenly a new person came to work in the office, um, a woman who seemed to really appreciate him, understand his leadership skills, and really seemed to get where he was coming from. Well, one thing led to another, and he decided that God had opened the door to give him and this woman what he did not have in his marriage, and he had an affair. We have this unbelievable ability to make to exchange God's thoughts for our thoughts and think they are the same. So here's the warning. When you're looking at the coincidences or uh, the open and closed doors of your life through circumstances, make sure you're continually praying, you're in God's word, and that you're surrounded by mature Christian people who can say, uh, you might want to look at that one again, who can help you with that. The other way I think God speaks indirectly is this. God will speak indirectly through other people. All the way through the Bible, it seems that God's preferred means of speaking is through other human voices. As Audrey told the children, most often God's voice is going to sound like a, a human voice that we recognize. And so she told the story of the, of the boy Samuel before he became a prophet. And God calls him three times and he thinks it's Eli. Finally, Eli is wise enough to say, look, next time you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord. Uh, Your servant is listening. So with the help of a human being, uh, Samuel gets into touch with God. King David got way out of touch with God in the uh, episode with Bathsheba and her husband. 
And so God sent the prophet Nathan, a human voice, to bring him back into alignment with God. God uses prophets all the way through the scripture. God uses other people to speak so often that Henry Blackaby once said, if you are not in Christian community, you won't hear God. Dallas Willard puts it, puts it almost the same way when he says, if you're not planning on listening to other people, you're not planning on listening to God. Because so often God will speak to us through the voice of another. I look at turning points in, in my marriage and parenting, um, even in pastoring, and what they all had in common were none of them was a lightning bolt. All of them God redirected me through the voice of another person. Now, um, you should know that for centuries the church has talked about when you want to hear God's voice, there are three great lights that you need to pay attention to. And the three great lights are the light of Scripture that we talked about last week, the light of the circumstances of our life, and the light of other wise people. Here's the caution there. Because a person is a Christian doesn't make them wise. I know people who love Jesus who have done some of the dumbest things and given some of the worst advice in the history of the world. And so you have to be careful um, because not every person, because they're a Christian, is therefore qualified to speak to you on God's behalf or help you discern what God is, um, is saying. And the other thing is, even if they're wise, when it comes to you and if they're your friend, they want you to have what you want. You know, generally your friends want what you want. And so uh, you for 20 years have thought you should go to Africa and that God's leading you there, or you'd like God to lead you there, and you have a vivid dream for several nights in a row about an orphanage in Mexico. And so you share that with your friends, and you say, that's a strange dream because I've always wanted to go to Africa. And so your friend says, well, yeah, that's probably it. God's really calling you to Africa, and I don't know why God's using Mexico in the dream. People can like us so much and want for us what we want that they are not able to speak um, uh, with uh, good wisdom on our behalf. So you've got to be careful when you listen to other people. But if you don't listen to other people, you're simply going to miss what God is uh, saying to you. One of the great things about being a pastor is you get to hear from all sorts of people who have heard or who believe they've heard from God on your behalf. So on a fairly regular basis, people will come into me and say, Pastor, God has told me to tell you. And so what I learned in self-defense over the years was if God really wanted to make it clear to me, God would give me three independent confirmations. And so basically, I'll thank the person and say, you know, I'll listen and watch. And if three times without me asking for it, just out of the blue, if, if something happens to confirm what that person has said, then I figure God is trying to get it through my thick skull that that is something God wants me to do. Uh, but... Again, I think my advice is we've got to remain in prayer, remain in the scripture, and remain in, in mature Christian community so that we can recognize, of all the voices that speak to us, we can recognize which voice is the voice of God. But I want you to know that God's voice continues to speak. And when people discern it appropriately and respond, amazing things happen. I want this morning to introduce to you one of uh, the women in our church, Lindsay Nash. And Lindsay's going to share with you about what she heard from God and how that has made a difference in her life. Good morning. For those of you who I haven't met, my name again is Lindsay Nash. I've been a member of this congregation for 10 years now. And I am honored and so very blessed 
to share my very recent but very real communication with God that changed my life forever. As David has said, we've concentrated as a congregation around communicating with God and what that looks like when you open your heart up to receiving God's love. You see, my experience is exactly that. When I open myself up to listening to God and then obeying God, my life was given a whole new purpose. I now have this personal and living faith and my identity completely changed. My journey began in February of this year at the women's retreat hosted by our women's ministries here at the church. I have to be honest, though, it wasn't the first thing that I really wanted to do a weekend alone. You see, I'm a wife, I'm a mother of two small children, and I had a wonderful, demanding career that required me travel every week. But at that time in my life, I had a lot of heavy burdens on my heart that I really wanted to pray about. I lost my mother at the age of 13 to cancer. And it's never easy to be a motherless child, but I was very blessed that I served my grief into leadership. And I was very blessed throughout college and high school and my marriage and my career to serve by leading others. However, my sweet brother was lost without his mother. And so at the age of 40, the same age my mother died, my brother passed, and that was in 2013. My father and I are extremely close. He lives here in San Antonio, and I was blessed to have him to fight the fight together the only way we knew how. So you can imagine my surprise when in December of this year, I got a call that my father was being admitted into the hospital and going blind at a very fast rate. So, this was a time of extreme anguish and hurt and confusion in my life. And I took those burdens to the retreat. While at the retreat, I opened myself up to a lot of group prayer. Just as David alluded to, your community and gathering of people is so very important. And God spoke to me through other people. After all, Matthew in book, uh, Matthew 18 says, Where two or more gather in my name, I am with them. So the specific group prayer that changed my life forever was my prophetic prayer time. Matt's sermon a few weeks ago took us through this specific prayer and what that time looks like. And I loved how Matt put it in a perspective to say it is an encouraging prayer. It's an uplifting prayer. And that's what it was. It was at that time in my life that my communication with God became a two-way connection. So let me explain that. I have always been a Christian, but my prayer was always one-sided. I would spend countless hours in prayers but I never felt as though he spoke to me in return with the answers that I was seeking. Anyone else felt the same way? I know we all have. And especially during my life's trials and tribulations and darkest moments, I often wondered if he was even there. Hadn't Daddy and I endured enough? He's all I have left in this world from my extended family, and I don't want to let him go. 
So here's what was revealed to me that changed my life. God said, Lindsay, I am there. I have always been there for you, and you are worth talking to. And then it hit me. I discovered the most simple and wonderful identity in life that we all are. We are children of God. And it was at that point that the Holy Spirit entered my heart for the first time. I have a new sense of peace and pure joy in my life. God also told me to surrender. Surrender the plans for my life. Surrender my Father's healing. Surrender all of your troubles to Him. And when you do that, you will be set free. So as you can imagine, since the retreat, my life has been extremely different in a wonderful way. Communication with God is an everyday occurrence. He has become louder, he speaks to me more often, and he in a much stronger voice. And I really try to listen to what God tells me what to do. So probably the biggest change that is called to do was to retire from my beloved career to serve my family help my father, and serve the church. So my identity changed overnight from a sales director in medical sales to a child of God. God revealed that my leadership skills were to be used in a different way and to serve my family and this church. I have also surrendered control of my daddy's healing. It's a fight that we continue to fight, but I know now that I couldn't allow healing to take place until I surrendered control of my Father to Jesus. I have not regretted these decisions one day. Communicating with God has given my life a whole new purpose and peace. By being bold with my faith, sharing my journey and this experience with you all, and surrendering all my plans for my life and my family's life, I have been truly set free. And that is a life worth living. Thank you for letting me share my journey with you all this morning. I praise God for this time as a community and a church. God bless you all. Thank you, Lindsay, for sharing your beautiful testimony with us. We have been blessed.